0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. Well, I will maintain until the day I die that uh, T.J. Mulan's arm was going forward, and that was <laughs> an, an incomplete pass and not a fumble. I mean, have you ever seen a ball come out of someone's hand with that kind of trajectory? And have it not be because it was a forward pass. Like, in what uh, in what universe does anyone look at that and like, yes, fumble. But anyway.
1: So I think it's interesting because there was a play earlier in the game where the officials had kind of the same thought process. Ugh, I can't talk on a podcast thought process where they a ball came out. The officials just kind of let it go. And then they kind of reconvened and said, actually, we've changed our mind, and that's an incomplete pass. So this that would have been the first time in the game that the officials
0: just kind of like,
1: "Oh, you know, we don't know. But and I, mean, I will say this. That's like
0: the way they're supposed to play it, because you can't go back and, like, make it a fumble on review. But, like. Right. And I wasn't even know. upset about that. But I don't they, know so... how, upon review, you don't.
1: Uh, anyway. So it happens and every like legitimately everyone to a man in the press box were sitting there being like, well, you got to review that, right? Like for, we like that was probably a an incomplete pass. Everyone's was like, right? And then they don't even review it. That was the part about that just didn't make any sense. Like Bloomgrid had to challenge and burn a timeout, which actually k- k- would become very critical in the next couple moments. Yeah. So it was just, uh, it was just a bizarre disaster sequence that, uh, you know, we've seen, and I and I think you know there's a couple of big. We can talk about the game. We have some big picture things to pull to too, because we've seen Rice, you know, implode over the course of the last handful of years, where just things are going right and they shoot themselves in the foot, and it's all their fault, and. I didn't really think that happened in that moment. That was just a – well, the luck didn't go your way. Uh, you did get a, a Houston touchdown taken off the board on a push-off call earlier in the game. Uh, you had uh, – Rice got Jeez. called for a defensive pass interference on a ball that was thrown 15 yards in front of the guys. Like So there was some – the officiating I don't think had a banner day in this game. Yeah, but, not exactly. But Houston still had – over a hundred yards of penalties, so I don't. It's it's not like it, it 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 was the sole reason, but it wasn't. It was not a very good officiated game. We can start there. Um, I'm not a guy who ever's like, well, the officials are the reason you lost because that's just
0: kind of a cop out.
1: Uh, no, and I mean, certain, he, like, do rice any
0: favors? <laughs> even on that call, like they were backed up into their own end zone, and I think that play was third down. So, like, they're probably punting from their own. It was second. Yeah. But it was like. Yeah, so it
1: would have been third and long.
0: What was it? It was. uh, Let's see. It was was third and 17 from the 11, according to the. uh, Oh, there you go. I'm thinking of the the other drive from inside the (laughs) 10. Yeah. So, uh, like, things were not. Necessarily going well, and that punt would have set Houston up with, you know, it's a tie game, and they can kind of run the clock down and 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 try to put the game away. So I, I'm certainly not saying Rice definitively wins if that call goes their way, but um, it definitely felt weird. And then to the very next possession, uh, uh, what kind of horrible curse do you have to have to throw? <laughs> Eight interceptions in the course of four games and have, what, is it five of them be off the, like, bounce off the hands of a receiver? I
1: think we might be there. I
0: think it's five. Oh, it's, it's absurd. And you can say, like, yeah, you got to come down with those balls and, and, you know, every time you don't make that catch and the ball pops up, there's a chance for an interception. But, like, what are the odds?
1: Yeah, and that was Rice also had a because of the aforementioned call, Rice also gave up a defensive score in this game, so they've now allowed five defensive touchdowns in four games which like again, you just I don't know if you could really tee somebody up to do that it's just a lot of bad luck Um, but it's it's bad luck that I think is an undercurrent for you know at where this team is because at the end of the day, what was the final line on this game? I think Houston was a. I think, I think it was
0: seventeen and a half, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: seventeen point favorite. And uh, I, I was looking this up, and this is if you're a patron subscriber. Uh, you've seen this uh, I always put a little tidbit on the bottom of my post game stuff that I just notes that I will find interesting here's a teaser if you're not a patron subscriber you should you should go do that now but the the one I had this week was rice's four and one and their last five games against the spread this being yet another game where rice uh, you know exceeded the expectations based upon them yeah great teams cover uh, but this like from start to finish, Rice led this game at halftime. Uh, every single time that the Houston office offense scored to take the lead in this game, Rice scored on the next possession. Every time. The only time Rice didn't score after a Houston score... What was the defensive score at the end of the game? Because obviously time ran out literally with one second. That was crazy. So Rice has come come Uh, a long way. The the ten games prior to this, Rice is one and nine against the spread.
0: That'll do it. that,
1: That doesn't communicate everything, but this was a team that woefully underperformed expectations that you know Vegas at least had on them, and now is completely outperforming. And got a, a couple breaks, but I thought they played really well for the most part in this game. They – this is something I think is to, – to start out with the offense. So Trey Phillippe played guard in this game for the first time in his life. He played offensive tackle in high school. He started – he was a reserve, like third or fourth string offensive tackle once he got to Rice. They had their backup tight end get hurt, so he played a little bit of tight end. And then they found out a practice on Wednesday that they were going to be down another guard, and they put him in at guard. He'd never played guard in a game, period, until he took his first step against a defense that they call Sack Avenue.
0: And they went toe to toe. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was just a really impressive overall effort. Like, um, I thought I had somewhere I was going to go immediately after that, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> um, it it was just like these were two like evenly matched teams that went toe to toe, and the game came down to a kind of flu- couple of kind of fluky plays at the end. And um, we've seen that sort of thing go against Rice a couple times in the last few seasons, uh, say quadruple doink, but. <laughs> Ugh. For them to be in that way against um, an AAC team, a team that I believe next year is going to be in the Big 12. Um, Allegedly. And just play punch for punch with those guys. Like, they they were there. They were belonged. And yeah, like, no moral victories, whatever. But, like, you watch this game, you look at the stats, you you get the measure for how the teams played relative to one another. And... Rice was just as good of a team as Houston was. So you don't feel good about the loss, um, especially to lose in such a, such a heartbreaking way at the end. But, like, it's another point of evidence. You know, we said last week after they beat Louisiana, that, like, this team's just good. It's it's really, like, there's a consistency of play and a consistency of, of just general quality and execution that has not been there in prior years under this uh, under this coaching regime, and it's really refreshing to see. It sucks to lose a game like that, but it's good to see Rice consistently playing well. Yeah, and I mean, and this was again another
1: game where I thought out of the gate, uh, just things weren't clicking on on really either side of the ball. For, for Rice on offense, they kind of had a, a sluggish start. I think they had a – what, they punted their first three drives um, until they got a uh, – it picked off Clayton Toon and ended up going back for a touchdown and, and kind of were able to equalize themselves and find themselves, right? Uh, I guess that was at the at the beginning point of the second quarter. So they kind of weathered that first storm, and I thought that was interesting because – and everybody's different, but R- R- Rice and their their student athletes have, do a pretty good job of of walking the company line and and regurgitating the coach speakisms, right? And so whenever you ask somebody about like compare this team to last year's team or compare this this you guys to somebody else, they're like, well, we're just gonna focus on us and you know c- control what we can control, and you've you've heard it all before. And I'm like, yes, I know what you mean, but like, be honest. Um, yeah. And I got some really frank answers it, it, in the emotion on, on Saturday night. TJ said, last year's team, we would have folded. He said, when we started out slow and things weren't working and we had that turnover at the last minute, he said, we would have folded. And I'm like, that's pretty stark. And this is a game that last year – Rice was kind of in it, and then the beginning of the second half they had a turnover, and then just it went from I think it was like seventeen to seven. I think it was seventeen to seven, and then U of 8 scores two quick touchdowns in the second half, and boom, it was yeah, done. it snowballed real quick. This was a forty-four to seven game last year. It was a bloodbath. Like Rice did not belong on the field, uh, and they belonged on the field because. I thought this was interesting, and I and I haven't had the time to sit back and go, go and look at it, uh, but Rice threw for more yards in this game than the
0: University of Houston. Yeah, the, by a fairly substantial margin, too.
1: And here's um, the crazy thing. If you take away the 51-yard Hail Mary heave that McMahon had at the end of the game, Rice still threw for more yards than U of H. And that's – this is a – Intellectual brutality, ground and pound. This is a team that says they want to run the football, but it wasn't really working effectively on Saturday and they changed up their game or maybe this was the plan all along, but whatever they were doing worked.
0: Yeah. And like Houston passed it a little more efficiently, like 9.6 yards in attempt for tune, but, uh, to 8.6 for McMahon, but uh, 8.6 is still really good. So it's not as though they were just like dinking and dunking their way to uh, a, a respectable total on a huge number of attempts. It was a large number of attempts, but like I'll take 8.6 yards an attempt anyway. And also I just wanted to throw out there, like you mentioned like the, they punted on the first three plays, first three drives and then got the interception. From there on, If you exclude the drive to end the half, here's their drives all the way up to the the quote-unquote fumble. Touchdown, 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 field goal, field goal. So on five straight not end-of-half possessions leading up to the decisive defensive score, they scored on five straight possessions. Wow. Wow.
1: That's incredible. And there were, there were a couple big third down conversions in there that they scattered in. I, this, and this is another one we're going to have to look up. We're having a lot of offensive first so far this year. Uh, Luke McCaffrey and Brad Rosner, both go on over a hundred yards. Both have long receptions of more than 50 yards, both targeted, uh, McCaffrey nine and Rosner 10. Just impactful through the air, uh, Isaiah Esdale had a pretty good game. He was, I was kind of not willing into existence, but I'm like, it's his turn. He's got to get to a hundred. He didn't quite
0: get there. Um, but five for sixty-four from your third third highest receiver is nothing to sneeze at. Five for I, sixty-four
1: was the best
0: receiving line this team had many times over the past yeah. two seasons. Um. Yeah. No. If that's the kind of and like you know we've pointed this out before, but like they've never had a true, like, trio of wide receivers. Like, at best, it's always been two. Or last year, they kind of had three that all were the guy at different times, sort of. Um, But this year, they really do have sort of a top three, and that's with Sed Patterson not even playing. Um, So just the, the jolt that Esdale has provided is like a true third option. Um, has made I feel like a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and just the way the way they scheme up this offense and what they do, I, I thought again, they had several situations. And I think this was another when I kind of like think back and encapsulate this game, what I what I remember for it, Rice had several situations where it was third and short, fourth and short where they they gotta have like that statistic will be buried. Someone will have that somewhere. But Rice's rate of when you run the ball and you need less than two yards, I feel like they convert at that down in distance unbelievably well. Yeah. Uh, just, it's it's and and you think it's just like well they're just gonna jump over the top in a jumbo package and and they have that on film like fifty or sixty times and no one's figured out how to stop and it.
0: It keeps working. Yeah.
1: And it keeps Um, working, and it doesn't matter. At first I thought, oh, it's just a Walter brother that you put up there. And, you know, he's playing in the NFL, and he can jump super high and is super fast, and that works. But, no, you can literally at this point, I I might be able to run behind that line and get one yard. (laughs) I might not hold on to the football, so maybe we do it at the goal line. But, but yeah, it's uncanny. And then there there was that moment where Rice is able to do that, and then the last play of the third quarter, U of H goes for it, on third and short, and they don't get it. They have the whole you know, break between quarters to think about it, and then they line up to go for it at the start of the fourth quarter, and again, they're stopped. And Rice takes the ball from that point, and they go drive down the field, and that's when they uh, kick the field goal to take the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And that was just another moment that it's – it's really cool to see because I feel like we've, you know, maybe complained is the right word. <laughs> we've 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 wished for years now that this great defense would have just a middling offense, so that it would work in tandem. Uh, but with this offense moving, getting first downs, and and being able to move the chains, I didn't. I'm trying to think back. There were a handful of third and longs that Rice faced in this game, but. For the most part, I think a good chunk of their conversions that they were looking at were in the third and three, third and four range, which is a lot more manageable, especially when you have TJ playing the way he was. Yep. So I really like that. I I, I don't really have any – I'm trying to think. I don't really have any major complaints on on offense for sure in this game, especially because <laughs> – they were playing, and we actually had John Long went out at the end of this game, and they put John Hughes in at guard. And so you're already down Isaac Clarkowski. Uh, you're down Braden Nutter, um, who was not participating in this game because of a coach's decision. Uh, you're down John Long. So you're you're. we talked all offseason about how they're so deep. And yes, now the depth is getting tested, so I guess it's good that it's there. But you're <laughs> so so thin, and I, and I wonder is Houston able to get that pressure? Now, Derek Parrish, their star defensive lineman, he got hurt in the last I think the last series of the first half, so he didn't play the end of the game, but doesn't matter. They still have a couple guys they can rotate through and are effective, but that's one of the what would have happened if Rice really has a full strength offensive line, Do they do they get the extra second and prevent TJ from getting hit? I don't know, but you know, last year that was the, the excuse, right? Like uh, the wrong guys got hurt. This team is too injured. They're trying really hard, but they're on their backup quarterback for goodness sake. And I feel like the same factors are there. Like you're down multiple starters on your offensive line. You're down two wide receivers and Sam uh, Crawford and set set Patterson that you thought were going to be meaningful pieces. I mean, we we forget this, but. I say Esdale was running as like the four or the five for spring and fall camp.
0: Yeah, I guess he
1: wasn't here in spring, but fall camp he was running as the five, not the three.
0: It's you reach this sort of level of of like baseline competence and ability that you can actually absorb uh, injuries and losses like that, and you still have this overall level of execution. That if a guy's coming in and, you know, playing slightly worse or moderately worse than the guy he's replacing, then it doesn't make the whole team fall apart. Whereas if you're not playing with that the way Rice has been the last couple of years, then you go from just sort of barely keeping your head above water with everybody intact to completely at the moment you lose, you know, more than a couple of guys. So, um It has that kind of cascading effect of not only, you know, you you reach this level and it makes you a much better team, but it also gives you more ability to kind of take those injuries and still and not have it affect your level of play as much.
1: Yeah, and I think they've done a really good job of that. And then I think on the other side of the ball, I kind of missed this and everything that was going on. Uh, But Chris Conte finished the game with 11 tackles which w- was pretty impressive, I thought, for the most part. What, are, what did Houston run for in this game? 5.6 per carry. Um, they had a couple couple bigger runs, but I felt like, you know, outside of Clayton Toon, I'm trying to pull up my... Yeah, Clayton Toon had a couple big ones, but I thought when uh, when Tashawn Henry needed yards he couldn't get them uh as far as you know houston's top running back uh he did have a a couple big plays i think he had a one long a long run of 28 in this game and there were a couple times where i thought it was interesting because i felt like most of his big runs came where he was stuffed up the middle and rice had closed in the interior and he was able to kind of bounce out
0: and get outside of the contain and pick up yards um yeah it was was a it was a situation where it felt like Rice was playing fundamentally sound in run defense. And when they had everything kind of locked up right, it went well. And then there were just a couple of plays like that where guys like Henry kind of made it out in space and were able to just sort of take advantage of of kind of superior athleticism. But um, like if that's the way that you're getting beat, that's... You know, you live with it because it means you're generally like executing the way that you need to. And most of the time you will be able to get the stops that you need to. Um, Yeah, Conti played really well. There was one, just a really great sequence. The one that led to the, I believe, the interception where. Or maybe it was the possession after the interception, I think, because Morrison gets the interception after that ball gets tipped up. And then I think it was the next possession. Um, Let me look at this. Real quick. Yeah. The very next possession, um, it was like three successive plays for loss. It was uh Morrison had one, and then Conti had one, and then Toon gets sacked by Josh piercey um on that sequence. And it was just like that was that was really, really fun to watch. Just a, a amazing sequence by the the linebacking group as a whole.
1: Yeah, and I, I like. Defense, I I was really really happy. Uh, yeah, you you give up twenty seven points, but this is three touchdowns to a really good offense. The the only like they had a forty yard touchdown pass uh, to Tank Dell that he beat uh, the third corner like it like Jordan Dunbar and Sean Fresh. It was, it was Lamont Narcisse that he got behind, and who knows what coverage what was going on there. Um, but if you're telling me one of the best receivers that you know. Has burned this team repeatedly. He had one big play. I think you can live with that. Uh, well, and that was how,
0: that uh, was Houston's longest play of the game. Really, 40 just forty. It.
1: Yep. Wow. So yeah, good, good on Rice the Rice defense for for limiting. I, I thought just across the board this this was you you did enough to to keep yourselves in the game, and you kind of had those big plays down the stretch. I thought. Cause that, that 40 yard uh, touchdown pass was, was right at the beginning of the half. I thought after that you gave up, they were the the only other touchdown drive they had in the third quarter was assisted by a a questionable pass interference call going like, I don't know. Um, you did get uh, Houston had a penalty right before that to set them back that took away some yards, so maybe it's tit for tat. I don't know, but th- I mean that was really it. If they don't, ha- if that call isn't called, then Houston probably doesn't. Well, maybe probably doesn't, but it's third line. it's a much tougher task for them to go down the field yeah. and score that touchdown. So I thought you know second half, I thought Rice suited up and played really well. Um, obviously, like to. Not have to settle for two forty-yard field goals, but hey, Carter Rice made two forty-yard
0: field goals. So, so that did did in fact happen. <laughs> I just want to clarify. I saw it, it, it with seemed, my own eyes. It seemed like I, I was fairly certain for a moment that I'd had some kind of internet uh, wormhole event, and that my my stream had slipped into an alternate timeline where Rice was good at kicking field goals. But uh, but that really happened.
1: Yeah, Christian Van Sickle hits a career long forty two yard field goal. I think he had his long last year was forty one, and I think he just had that one. Everything else was like below thirty five. Uh, so hits a career long forty two, then follows it up with a career long forty three, and
0: beautiful. We love to see it.
1: I, yeah, and I wasn't really like the way they were playing. They drove down where they were in their situations. I was like, okay, I don't. I think this is a pretty good call here, and and they hit it, and this. Man, this offense becomes so much more dangerous when you have the the. I'm, gonna call it, I'm not gonna call a 40 yard field goal a layup, but when you're not limited to, hey, if we don't go all out here, that's it.
0: Yeah, when you know. it's not an, an all or nothing, like, uh, you know, you're you're either scoring the touchdown or you're not getting any points here, and you're having to gamble. Like, sometimes being able to take the field goal and just get points is pretty nice. Yeah, so I that shout out, kudos to
1: to special teams. Uh, the the only weird thing, and this was something we didn't talk about right off the top. Houston kicks like a line drive kick that squirts between the legs of Jumo Taviano on the opening kickoff, uh, and touches him and goes out of bounds on the two, and that could have been disastrous. Um, Rice actually managed to get two first downs, give them enough, give themselves enough breathing room. Uh, to punt it and not put themselves spot Houston, particularly short field. So uh, that was good. There's, uh, I think, and we saw this a little bit against Louisiana. I think they were quicker out of the gate against McNeese, but still had that's, you know, when they've had their, their turnover trouble was out of of the gate. They've had some of those issues, obviously USC, they were probably their fastest start of the game, uh, even considering. So I think that, the early game jitters is something that maybe if I'm if I'm nitpicking, that's the kind of the what do you take from this? What's your kind of your fix before you get into conference play? I think that's if if they can get as locked in as they are in the third and the fourth quarter, in the first quarter, uh, this team could be particularly dangerous. Um, I think for the most part, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there weren't too many just like. Gaffs or like I couldn't I can't believe how did this happen mistakes I feel like they they played relatively clean outside of the handful of moments we've talked about I mean yeah, no, yeah many like, penalties
0: the execution was just solid all around yeah this is a good football team yeah like, which I, I guess leads us into um you know, non-conference play is now done. Rice plays UAB this weekend. How do we feel about the program coming out of this and heading into conference play? Um, And I think you have to feel like, and this is going to be a surprise given the way we've talked the last three weeks, but you have to feel more confident heading into this than you have coming out of non-conference play at any point uh, for Rice thus far, because like, I mean, first of all, you're two and two, just in terms of the record. They haven't had two non-conference wins at any point thus far. Or Uh, an FBS non-conference
1: win since Bloomgren's gotten here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, So that helps. Um, Like, there were encouraging moments in 2019, like, when they really went kind of toe-to-toe with Baylor for a little bit, but... uh, Yeah, you actually have the two wins here. You played extremely well overall in this one. Um, So if Rice can, you know, more or less execute well outside of a constant barrage of tip-drill interceptions (laughs) for four straight games, um, win two of those decisively, uh, be right in, at the end for another uh, against um, the competition that they've faced thus far, there's no reason to think that, like, this team isn't a legit threat in USA. Like, you know, we've talked about that the gap in this conference is not that big. And so, like, I don't know, things could go poorly here. They could have more catastrophic injuries. That certainly wouldn't be surprising at this point, given the way things <laughs> always seem to go. But, um If the gap's not that big, then if you're Rice and you're playing this well, like why can't you be a contender in this conference?
1: Yeah, especially, I mean, and I just look, even if you, I mean, first off, two and two is what we we dreamed for, right? We said best, we literally, I think I literally said the best case scenario is two and two. So the fact that you had the ball one play left from the nine yard line at your rival to, to win the bucket. And and I talked to bloom after the game and I said, so did you have a two point play drawn up? Um, and he didn't explicitly said, yeah, yeah, we're going for it. But it was kind of like, well, yeah, that's kind of what the book says you should do, which is kind of an interesting phrase. This is, I'm going to have to talk to him more about this book that he's going off this year and where it was <laughs> in years past. Yeah, um, But he kind of intimated that they were going to go for it. And when you're when you're that close in that game, this I feel like there's all different kinds of two and two, and this might have been like possibly the best case two and two. And then you look at Rice's scoring defense, thirty two point eight points per game that ranks sixth in conference USA. But I think at this point, let's see three touchdowns scored by with with the defense not on the field against USC. One defense scored, or one defensive touchdown against Louisiana and one against Houston. So you spotted 35 points across four games. So you can take a touchdown off that number by points allowed by Rice's defense. Uh, And if you take a touchdown off of that 32.5, then you get to 25, give or take, um, which would be right tied with middle for third best in the conference. Uh, UAB in Western Kentucky. Are on top, and they have not played USC this year. Uh, yeah. Houston was expected to be one of the better offenses in the in the group of five, not the FBS. So you're telling me you've played a very stuff just steep level of competition, and you're you have a defense that's giving up three touchdowns and change per game, and then you take a, on the other side. Rice is scoring 31.5 points per game on offense, with, with no. I don't. Rice hasn't had a defense score yet, right?
0: Not that I can recall. No. Yeah,
1: I don't think so. So, yeah, you're 32 points on offense, 25 points on defense. Uh, That's a a touchdown margin. And you're going into a a run of games. I actually looked the athletic does a ranking and I was texting you this earlier. Yeah, uh, the athletic does a ranking of all 130 FBS teams. Uh, There are four teams currently remaining on rice's schedule that the athletic has ranked below rice in the rankings. FAU, North Texas, UTEP, and Charlotte. Um, and I mean, we watched UTSA. Remember that Texas Southern team that was really feisty last year? Yeah, yeah they they made it a game with with uh, UTSA up until the half. They had to kind of have a strong third into the third quarter to kind of move away. So, and and Rice beat this UAB team last year. Yep. So, are you telling me that they can't? You know, quote unquote, beat who they're supposed to beat. If they go three and one in those four games, they knock somebody else. Like, there's so many different ways that this team can get to six, and and honestly, and here's where I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis. But I think you mentioned it last week, going into this game, going into the Houston game. But if Rice beats UAB, why shouldn't they be considered one of the top three teams to win this conference?
0: Yeah, no reason. I mean. You beat UAB,
1: you got UTSA and Western, and you got to give some respect to middle after they bludgeoned the University of Miami. My
0: goodness. Yeah, what on earth was that?
1: But, I mean, again, nobody's unbeatable, and Rice has now proven
0: that if they
1: can beat UAB, they prove they belong. So why not? Get crazy. If they don't, I don't think this is a game they have to have. But, you know. I think this is exactly where we wanted this team to be with a fun offense, a really good defense. They can kick field goals. <laughs> what if they not, what if they not, do? like, we made They're our wish clearing bars, both season.
0: low, high and cross. And they
1: can cover like. What more must this team do?
0: Make a bowl. I I guess.
1: <laughs> this is my my happiest after loss podcast, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, just because of how you feel about the quality of the team at this point. Um, So, you know, we'll see where things go from here in conference play. Uh, Hopefully we're all uh, back talking about a victory next week. We will definitely be back, hopefully, talking about a victory. uh, But we'll see (laughs) you all then. And Rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.